great to be saved, isn't it? It's great to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I pray that lives will be changed tonight by the power of the gospel. I want to thank you, dear folks, that pray for me as I travel the country. Doing the work of the evangelist last year was a, as a busy year with 228 meetings last year all over the country. And uh, we thank the Lord for his blessing. And uh, some of the missions we saw, we glimpse of revival. And uh, I know many of you were at that tent mission up in Dramara when the Lord really broke in and uh, saved a lot of people. And I want to thank you folks for praying uh, for that mission. And uh, even this week, I got a phone call from a young man up in Scotland uh, studying law at Glasgow University, Strathclyde. And he was looking me over to take a, a tent mission in Glasgow. And I said to the young man, do you saved yourself? Do you know the Lord is your saviour? He says, I got saved at the tent in the Corn Park Road in Dramara in May. Never knew a thing about it. And uh, just pray for that young man that the Lord will keep him. And he said to him in the phone, he says, how do you lead people to Jesus? Isn't that lovely? And he was brought up in the Church of England. He says to me, your meetings are a lot different from the Church of England. But it was lovely that he came. He heard the simple gospel and the old hymns as we've been singing tonight. And just pray uh, for that young man as he tries now to reach out to the students there in Strathclyde University in Glasgow. It's wonderful that the Lord's still building his church. And I don't know who's in here tonight, but I pray that your life's going to be changed tonight. The Lord's still saving souls. It's in the Shankill Road last Sunday morning and a man came in. He came in to ask me 10 questions after the meeting. And he says all 10 of them were answered during the sermon. And at the door, he was in tears. Been at a few missions lately, he was in tears. Big fella, twice the height of me, you know, and I'm looking up, to, looking up at him. And he's there to give me a big hug. And he says, the Lord's touched me today. And I get, home, I get home and the phone went. He says, I've given my life to the Lord. And he's been at a meeting every night this week. And I'm down stars on Thursday night and he's coming with me. Isn't that lovely? The Lord is still saving souls. He's still changing lives. And I pray whoever's in this church tonight, that friend, that you will open up your heart because the Lord is here tonight to change your life forever. And I would really value your prayers this year, January, February, a lot of different meetings around the country. And then all the missions start again in March. Somebody was asking me, where's your missions? I'll give you a wee quick list so you can pray for me. We're Macrafelt, March, then Donegal, uh, Drumahoe, Hockel, Monaghan, Oma, Dungannon. And wait for the last one, the Shankle Road. <laughs> so if any of you want to come up and see us up there, we'll maybe buy you fish and chips. I know Hassan came up one night to the Glen Cairn there. And uh, we want the Lord to move in our generation. I want the Lord to move. I want to see revival touch this province again. And I would really value your prayers as we go to all these different places. But we say it all God willing, because none of us knows what's around the corner myself included. I might not see these missions. You might not see some of them, but it's great to be ready tonight. It's great to know that you're saved and you're ready for eternity. And I trust you have that assurance. Amy Carmichael started a wee work on the Shankle Road in Cambrai Street 150 years ago, and it's still going. Amy's Tin Tabernacle, and that's where we'll be doing uh, the mission. But let's turn to the Word of God. Would you turn to 1 Corinthians, please, chapter 6? And I have a simple little message tonight entitled... The blood shall never lose its power. That's what I want to speak on tonight. The blood shall never lose its power. Four short readings. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 11. Paul writes, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. My second reading is 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 to 10. Nice to hear the rusting of the leaves. Always bring your Bible uh, to the house of God. 1 John chapter 1 and the verse 7. John writes, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Our third reading is 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 18 and 19. 1 Peter chapter 1, the verse 18. Peter writes, For as much as you know, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Then our final reading is Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 and the verse 11. Revelation 12 and the verse 11, again John writes, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they lived, loved not their lives unto the death. Let's pray. Father, we thank you already for the sense of your presence, and we pray now as we come around your word that you would take away every distraction tonight. We pray that your spirit would speak to hearts. Lord, if there's people here not saved, pray that you would save them. For people here that are backslidden, that you would restore them. And for us as your own dear people tonight, we pray that you would inspire us, challenge us to serve you like never before. Lord, we'll love you tonight. And we pray that it may be noised abroad that you're in the house. And we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, by way of introduction tonight to my message, I want to ask a simple question. Is there still power? In the blood of Jesus. Is there still power tonight in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? We are living in days. We don't hear much about the blood. Sad to say it's rarely preached about. It's rarely sung about. And so few believe. It still has its ancient power. But this book states that without the shedding of blood. There is no remission for sins. Even some of the greatest hymns ever written were all about the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed 
by the blood of the Lamb. Let's always sing about the blood. Let's always preach about the blood. And never forget that Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And maybe there's a vile sinner in this church tonight. This very evening, you can leave this church washed and cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. The Lord promised us. He said, with the two or three are gathered together in my name, he says, I will be in the midst. Will you open up your heart tonight to the word of God? I want to leave four simple pictures about the blood. First of all, if you're taking notes, I want you to realize this, that there's power in the blood to save. That's the first thing. There's power in the blood to save. I trust every man, woman, and young person in this church is saved tonight. And that you know that you're saved. I was taking a mission in Lisburn not that long ago. We woman at 88 years of age. She says, son, I don't know if I'm saved or not. At 88 years of age. It's not sad. And only you know in your heart tonight the life that you're living. As I travel in all different churches and mission halls around our country, there's so many people and they look the part. They dress the part. They talk the language. But they're not saved. You ask them, are you saved? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? And many of them will say, no, I'm not saved. There's power in the blood to save. Look at our first reading. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 11. Paul here gives us a list of, of deep-dyed sinners who have all been washed in the blood. Now look at this list of individuals. Maybe there's some of these people in here tonight. Look at our list. Some list fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous people, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. And what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 6? And 11, look at it. He says, and such were some of you. Past tense. What happened? But you're washed. Hallelujah. You're washed in the blood. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The blood of Jesus had the power to wash every one of them. And maybe you're among that list this evening. Friends, you need washed. You need cleansed. In the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus can still do the same today. Because this book says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For you that study your Bibles, you will know that Corinth was no easy place for Paul to preach the gospel. It was a city of commerce. It was a, it was a cosmopolitan city. Sin was rampant throughout Corinth. Sin is rampant in Balnehinch. Sin is rampant in the Donegal Road in Belfast where I live. But when Paul went to Corinth, he had one message, the preaching of the cross. He uplifted the Savior. And all these individuals heard the message of the gospel and they responded and they were changed. There's still power in the gospel. 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, Paul states, For I determined not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ. And him crucified. We need to get back again. To the simple preaching of the gospel. Because it still works. Would you say amen? amen? We don't need the gimmicks in the church. We need to preach the word. In season. And out of season. Because there's still power in the word. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
That's what I believe our land needs again. The preaching of the gospel. Friends, it's great to be saved and to know it. That's the uniqueness of Christianity. We're not hoping. We know that we're saved. We know that we know that we're born again of the Spirit of the living God. Hebrews 9 verse 12 we are told, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Maybe there's a new convert here tonight and you're thinking, what does that big word redemption mean? What does it mean? I'll tell you. It means to purchase. It means to buy back. It means to become another person's property. For 19 years of my life, I served the old devil. But then I walked into a church on my own. And I heard the gospel for the very first time. And I got on my knees and I cried for mercy. Sad to say I never owned a Bible. Sad to say I never in Sunday school. Sad to say I couldn't even have told you one Bible verse. But the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. As I got directions off the internet and walked into a church I'd never heard of. On my own. Sat down and heard all about Jesus. The friend of sinners. And I love him tonight with all of my heart. How many times have you heard the gospel now? And you're still not saved. What's hell going to be like for people that know the gospel inside out and back to front? We can understand these individuals, fornicators and drunkards and revilers. We can understand hell for those people. But for church people, young men brought up in Christian homes who have rebelled. Is that you tonight? Young women brought up in Christian homes. They know the gospel back to front, inside out, but they're still not living for Jesus. What is hell going to be like for people like that? People that sit under gospel preaching week after week after week and they walk out the door and they say, it's not tonight. I want to enjoy my sin. I want to enjoy the things of the world. And many of them are in hell tonight and they're lost and they're lost forever. I often say when I'm taking missions, you see when you go into the bars and the clubs and the bingo halls and the dens of iniquity, you have wonderful times witnessing for the Lord. Why? Because the people there, they know that they're sinners. You've almost got them. But you see the church people, you see the religious people who pay into their church, they don't want to be saved. But they know the gospel, they're the hardest to reach. The money people even, I don't need this salvation. Powerful, isn't it, when you think about it? There's men and women and young people in hell tonight, lost and lost forever. And many of them could preach you a sermon. Friend, if you die without Christ tonight and you end up in hell for all of eternity, it's going to be awful. You're going to be tormented. And yet you'll have your memory. You'll remember this meeting tonight. You'll remember the times you heard God's servant preach his heart out and preach with tears even. And you're there in the caverns of the damned, a lost soul. Judas is there. Can you see him? Counting the money over and over and over again. Felix is there who trembled at Paul's preaching, but he went away. So many pilots there, and he's washing his hands over and over and over again. And that's what motivates me to win souls when I think of hell and the souls that are lost. William Boo said to his young man, he says, if I could send you to hell for five minutes, just five minutes, you would come back a real soul winner. Do we ever think about that awful place. Even people that came to this church through the years, they walked out the door, some of you are going to do tonight, and say, ah, oh, good meeting, but some other time. 
That's the devil's biggest lie. Get saved tomorrow, some other time. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. And you never make the step. God's word says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. That was the lovely thing about that big fellow in the Shangle Road last Sunday morning. The Holy Ghost touched him. Touched him through the word. He was in tears. And he made the step. And now he's rejoicing. He's with the Lord and he's starting to serve the Lord. Your attention is wonderful. There's power in the blood to save. First point. The second point is this. There's power in the blood to sanctify. Am I speaking to somebody tonight and you need cleansed? You need cleansed. Look at our second reading. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 to 10. John writes, look at it. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Friend, the blood of Jesus not only saves, but it cleanses. Isn't that lovely? It cleanses and it keeps on cleansing. You see, we are a walking civil war. All of us are a walking civil war. We have the threefold enemy, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And each of us are battling that old Adamic nature. Anybody get humpy? <laughs> Anybody get moody? <laughs> I see some of you wives nudging your husbands right now. <laughs> We're still battling that old Adamic nature. None of us are perfect. But here John gives us the remedy. In verse 9 he says, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Even when we let the Lord down. We've all let him down. But he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But listen now, every true Christian should be striving after holiness of life. Sanctification. Wanting to become more and more like the Lord. The blood of Christ can, can keep us clean. But even the great apostle Paul, which is, encourages all of us tonight. Even Paul faced this battle. Romans seven twenty four. Listen to the great apostle Paul. He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death. Paul faced struggles. Even Paul had a thorn in the flesh, hadn't he? And he besought the Lord thrice to take it away. The Lord didn't take it away. Which is my grace is sufficient for thee. Maybe you're saying tonight, how can I stay clean, even as a Christian? Let me help you. How can I stay clean? First of all, friends, keep short accounts with God. Do you have a devotional life now? Did you spend time with the Lord today? Turn off the old TV, turn off the old computer and the Facebook and spend time with Jesus. Have you got a devotional life? Keeping ourselves clean, spending time in the word of God. Have a family altar. Do you have a family altar now? You sit down, your children, your grandchildren, husband, wives, you pray together and you read together. Watch your company. Watch your company. I know a lot of young men saved about the same time as myself. They were on fire for God, doing everything. But they failed to watch their company. And they're in the world tonight. And you can't get them near a gospel meeting. Watch your company. 
We said, Murray used to say to me, John, the more I work with people, the more I love my dog. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? There used to be a boy in the Donegal Road. He says, the more I work with people, the more I love my dog. But there used to be a boy in the Donegal Road and we called him Bombscar. Because <laughs> when everybody saw him coming, everybody scattered and went the other way. Is there anybody like that, Tim Balnehinch? No! <laughs> I'm moving the Balnehinch. <laughs> but we've got to watch our company. Do you know what Spurgeon told his young men? Don't make your ears a dustbin for the devil. Keeping ourselves clean. And always be at the house of God when the doors are open. Are you at the prayer meeting? Will you be at the prayer meeting this week? At the Bible study? Or are you too busy? Somebody says, John, did you have a good Christmas? I spent Port of Ogie, or spent Christmas down in Port of Ogie at my sister's. And Boxing Day, I spent it with John Wesley, George Whitfield, and Charles Spurgeon. I enjoyed their company. <laughs> you get a wee chance, read John Wesley's journals. It'll inspire you to serve the Lord. You get up at four in the morning, preach his first sermon at five. He didn't think of a man unless he spent four hours in prayer. The early Methodists fasted all day Wednesday and all day Friday. No wonder they saw God move. Hudson Taylor was known for the 2 a.m. candle. You work with Hudson Taylor, you'd get up at two o'clock in the morning, strike a candle and pray for the work of China and Land Mission. No wonder they saw God move. And in our generation, you can hardly get people out for an hour on a Wednesday night or a Monday night or whenever the prayer meeting's on. No wonder they saw revival. No wonder they saw God move. Friends, we are living in an age when everything unclean is attacking us, even as God's people tonight. Everything unclean. The television is unclean. The internet, advertising, uh, newspapers. We are living in a cesspool of iniquity. And we need to keep ourselves clean. What's the answer? John 17, 17. Jesus states, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Do you know what they said of John Bunyan? Read Pilgrim's Progress. If you cut John Bunyan, he'd bleed scripture. Isn't that lovely? If they cut you, they cut me, what would we bleed? You talk to Christians, they want to talk about all the things of the world. Let's talk about this book. What were you reading today? You can tell people what you were reading. What were you thinking about? You ever just get into the Lord's presence and you think about all the different characters in the New Testament? Do you know who I'm looking forward to meeting in heaven? We Zacchaeus. Me and him are about the same height, you know. <laughs> and I say, Zacchaeus, you know, if I was in Jericho that day, I'd have had to run up the tree too. <laughs> and so would some of you. Where's we, Isaac? I said for Isaac to sit beside me the night. All Tim's sons are about this size. When I first came here, they were smaller than me. So I said to Isaac to sit beside me the night, you know. But we Zacchaeus, you know, can you see the wee man? You see, he was determined, wasn't he? He wanted to meet Jesus. We sang about the woman at the well tonight. That was a lovely song. Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria to reach a broken woman. All these different characters. Mary Magdalene. Seven demons inside her. Do you know who I can't wait to meet? Legion. Mark chapter 5. I think I preached on it the last time I was here. 6,000 demon scholars reckon were inside him. And he ran. And he worshipped the Lord. It's going to be wonderful. Maybe you have family in heaven. You're going to see them again. Maybe your mommy's there. Maybe your dad's there. 
maybe of a grandfather or a grandmother, I don't know. It's going to be wonderful to see them again. Maybe there's somebody here tonight and you're not saved and all your family's saved. Oh, would you get saved tonight, young man? Young woman, would you get saved tonight? Maybe there's a husband here saved and the wife's not saved. Will you get saved tonight? It would be wonderful. Because heaven won't be the same if you're not there. Friend, only you know what's hindering you getting saved tonight. What's stopping you getting saved? Now look at me. Is it the mates? Is that what's holding you back? Is it the boys in the club? Is it the cigarettes? Is it the bingo halls? I don't know. But you know what you're selling your soul for. I was with a husband and wife. Got saved there. The wee mission they took in Bally Selling a few years ago. And they're in fire for God. I was in with them during the week. It would do your heart good. And Colin was in the orange. He was in the band. He was in the pool team. He was in everything. He says, John, when I was ill in the hospital, not one of them came to see me. The only one that came to see him was the city mystery. Big Andy Williams, nothing Valley selling. And Andy then invited Colin to come to the mission. And him and his wee wife got saved. And they're in fire for God. But here's the point. His mates didn't bother with him when he was ill in the hospital. But the mystery cared for him. Prayed with him. Helped him. And indeed now they're rejoicing in the Lord's goodness. Maybe your mates are stopping you tonight, friend. They'll not be with you and your dad. Yes, they'll take you to hell, all right. When you stand before God on judgment day, you'll be there on your own. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto men once to die. But after this comes the judgment. Even when we think of 2 Samuel chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 11, we think of David. Do you ever think about David, the man after God's own heart? He failed God. He failed God. You know the story. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. He failed God. Bathsheba had a child and, and David's life became a mess. Is that you tonight? Your life's a mess. Behind the smile and be, behind the, the handshake, your life is a mess. And, and somebody has invited you to come. This was David. And he cried in Psalm 51 in the verse 2. Can you see him? He had let God down. He had failed God. But David cried, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. I could have jumped in eight when the group sang that old hymn because I have it here in my notes. This is David's hymn. Down at the cross. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart, hallelujah, was the blood applied. Glory to his name. David knew there was mercy with the Lord. Just like the prodigal son. Maybe there's a prodigal son in here tonight, is there now? Prodigal son, prodigal daughter, and you're in the far country. The prodigal son came to himself. But God had to send the famine to get his attention. Didn't he? Read the story in Luke 15, and maybe God's going to have to send a crisis into your life. A crisis into your heart before you come home. But the father was waiting. With open arms. Young man tonight. The father is waiting for you. With open arms. Young woman. Maybe you've failed the Lord. Over these last number of years. The father's waiting for you to come home. And he's waiting to embrace you. And welcome you back. Into the fold. Your attention is wonderful. There's, there's power in the blood to save. There's power in the blood to sanctify. Here's my third point. There's power in the blood. Over silver and gold. Look at our third writing. It was 
First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter writes, For as much as you know, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. And look at verse 19. But with the precious, not lovely, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter is reminding these early Christians, now listen, that money can't save them. Money can't bring true happiness. Money can't forgive sins. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And how often have we seen that down the years? The love of money gets in. Ruins people. Ruins families. Ruins marriages. Remember a few years ago, I was in Cork sharing the gospel. And the met a wee man. He was rough on the streets. Bottle of drink in his hand. He said, son, I used to be a multi-millionaire. But I lost it all because of the love of money. Now I'm out in the streets of Cork. And I told him the gospel. And the tears started coming down. His cheeks, I said, Paddy, the Lord loves you. He said, son, I wish I was never born. I said, Paddy, you can be born all over again. Is that you tonight? You wish you'd never been born the way your life has turned out, friend. You can be born all over again. If any man be in Christ, Paul says, he's a new creation. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And I often pray for that wee man. Never heard the gospel in his life. Broken life. Bruised and battered by sin. And I often wonder, did he ever get himself right with the Lord? No wonder the master tells us, Mark 8, 36, for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world? Can you can, can that register the night now? Gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in, in exchange for his soul? You all know the story of the rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10. He was rich, he was respectable, he was religious, but he wasn't content in his life. And we're told Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Jesus took an x-ray of his heart. And he knew one thing held him back. His love of money, his love of possessions. And maybe, not, maybe it's not many things holding you back tonight. Maybe it's just one thing. You're just like this rich young ruler. And did you read the story? He went away sorrowful. We never hear of him again. And here's a lesson in this story now. The Lord didn't run after him. He let him go. I preach the gospel. I don't run after people. I don't really end all these long appeals. Or preach the gospel. Let the spirit work. The master didn't run after the rich young ruler. He told him what he had to do. And he left it with him. But he went away sorrowful. It would break my heart tonight if people in here, the Lord was speaking to you and you went out through that door and you went away sorrowful. Friend, if God is speaking to your heart tonight, you yield. Because he says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Genesis 6.3. He said that to Noah's word. And we are living in the days of Noah again. We are living in the days of Sodom again. And if the Lord came back tonight, now would you rise? Nice to see my father here tonight. That's what spoke to him. Two of faith. Matthew 24. One of the taken. One of the left. And you see it now. Two of faith. One's going to be taken. One's going to be left. Two in a bed. One's going to be taken. One's going to be left. If the Lord came back tonight, I fear there's people here and you're going to be left behind for all of eternity. He says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. The signs of his coming 
are all around us. And I trust you're ready now. You're ready for the coming of the Lord. Can I say if you're saved and you're rich. I'm not much to look at, but I'm a multi-multi-billionaire. Hallelujah. Because the blood has been applied to my sins. The blood has been applied to my heart. And I'm a multi-multi-multi-billionaire. What about you, Tony? You ever down to Belfast City Hospital, look out for a big sign. At the Blood Transfusion Centre, it says, One blood donation saves three lives. Anybody seen that sign? Look for it. Go down to the city hospital or the blood transfusion center. Big, big banner. One blood donation saves three lives. Got a wee thought as I drove past it. What about the blood of Jesus? How many lives has it saved? Millions upon millions upon millions. And if you're driving up the Donegal Road there from the city hospital to the Royal, you'll see vans. Get up and down the road. You know what it says on the van? Emergency blood. Some poor souls down in the royal or down in the city and they need emergency blood. There's poor souls in this church tonight and you're down without Christ. You need emergency blood tonight. Because if you died tonight, you'd be lost forever. And you need emergency blood. God speak into hearts. We can sense the quietness in this room. The Holy Spirit is here. Here my last point. There's power in the blood to save, to sanctify over silver and gold. And finally, there's power in the blood over Satan. Power in the blood over Satan. Look at my final text, Revelation 12 and the verse 11. John writes, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Friend, the devil hates the blood. The devil wants to damn your soul tonight. But 1 John 4, 4, we're told, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight is wonderful. To have this lava flowing through your belly is wonderful. This living water. Paul says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And over a generation of men and women and young people filled with the power of Pentecost. We may defeat the devil. God may do wonderful things. Oh, friends, it's wonderful to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the devil will come after you the more you do for God. If you're in the shallow water, the devil doesn't mind that. When you go into the deep, when you go into the deep water, that's when the devil will come after you in a way you've never experienced before. That's why a man and a woman need to be called to God's work. Because if you're not called, you'll drown in the deep water. Because the devil will come after you. The devil will do everything to hinder you and he will do everything to trip you up. But the blood of Christ will keep us safe. The blood of Christ will get us to the glory land. Remember a year or two ago now, I got a call to see a man in Lagan Valley Hospital cutting himself, doing all sorts of things to himself. Do you know what he said? I'll never forget it. He said, son, I feel as if there's an evil person inside me. That's what he said. What do you say to a man like that? He'd opened himself up to the devil. 
And he knew that there was an unclean spirit inside him. I said, sir, you need cleansed. You need washed. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. And if you do that, every unclean spirit will leave your body. And the Holy Spirit will enter in. And he will set you free. Didn't we sing it tonight? He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. And his blood availed for me. Is there a drug addict in here tonight? Look at me now. You can be set free tonight. A drug addict. Or a drunkard. You're caught up in gambling. I don't know. Maybe you're caught up in religion. You can be set free tonight. Because there's still power. Hallelujah. There's still power in the blood of the Lamb. Four simple pictures. And you've listened wonderfully for 35 minutes. Power in the blood to save. There's power in the blood to sanctify. There's power in the blood over silver and gold. And there's power in the blood over sin. The good seed has been sown into your heart now. As soon as this meeting's over, the enemy and his demons will come. They will try to snatch away that seed that's been sown. As soon as you walk out that door, it'll happen. That's why you need to get right with God now. Where the good seed has went forth. What are you going to do with Jesus tonight? You're going to accept them or you're going to reject them. For those that are backslidden tonight, what are you going to do now? You're going to keep living your life the way you're living. From tonight, get yourself right with God. From tonight, start serving the Lord the way you should be. And for us that are saved, brother and sister, let's get on fire in these days. Let's see God move in 2020. Let's use our gifts and our talents and our abilities that we might see a harvest of precious souls. Very soon I'm going to stand before the Lord. So are you. What's he going to say now, huh? What's he going to say to you? What's he going to say to me? I long him to say, well done, John. Good and faithful servant. Enter thy into the joy of the Lord. That will be wonderful. But it'll be awful. There is somebody here tonight in this lovely meeting. The Lord said to you, depart from me. Depart from me, I, I never knew you. That'd be awful. And yet you've been in this meeting. Hard to close, isn't it? Every eye's on me. God's speaking. Thank you for your wonderful, wonderful attention. Let's pray in this quietness. I'm just going to leave a moment's quietness for you to get right with God. Maybe somebody needs saved. Somebody backslidden. Why the Lord's presence is here. Tell the Lord you're coming home. Tell the Lord you want saved. Cry from your heart, Lord, save me. Cleanse me in your blood. Forgive me, and from tonight I want to start serving you with all of my heart. Tell him right now. It's a personal matter between you and the Savior. And even as a Christian, make that fresh commitment tonight that this, this year, you're going to get on fire, and you're going to serve the Lord with all of your heart.